Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. So, Jim, the NBA in-season tournament, first game for the Timberwolves, is tonight against the Spurs and the enormous Victor Wembanyama. Uh, tell us about the in-season tournament. Why do you think the NBA decided to go with this, and what do you think of it as an idea? I hate it. Okay. Uh, I think they look at it as, okay, there is, there's excitement of the beginning of the season. Then you get a little into the season and you realize, okay, some teams aren't even really trying to win every night. Veterans are being rested. They try to eradicate resting veterans, but you can't completely eradicate it. Um, you know, you're up against the NFL. You're up against college football. Hockey has started. You know, what can you do to spice up the middle portion of the season? Mm. Let's do an in-season tournament that nobody will care about. Um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, it, it's just kind of silly, honestly. And you're talking about very rich people being rewarded a little bit of money if they win it. I mean, it. I hate it. I just hate it. So I've kind of refused to pay any attention to it. Um, the cool thing is, though, whether it's an in-season tournament or it's just a Friday night in San Antonio, you have the Wolves playing like one of the best teams in the league going up against Victor Wembanyama, who, you know, has an understandably uneven start to his very young career. Mm-hmm. But when he's on, he is unbelievable. Mm. He already had a night where, what did he have, 38 points and something. He was yep. being compared with uh, Shaq and, and Kareem at one point for a little stretch of a young player, first games in and so forth. You can see the extreme talent for a man of that size. It's ridiculous. I've never seen anything quite like it. And, you know, we all have recency bias. With some, we all say, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Then you think about it and go, okay, maybe I'm forgetting about this and that and this. Uh, we don't know how great he's going to be. We do know that we've never seen a young seven foot four center who can dribble between his legs, shoot twenty five footers as if they're nothing, uh, pass like a point guard, block shots all over the place, uh, you know, guard like a guard, guard like a center. Uh, he can do everything. He can do absolutely everything. And he's playing for a great coach who's developed big men before. He seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. Uh, he's like a really likable young man. I, I, there's just you know, there are no red flags with this guy, and there, and there are a lot of fireworks. There's, there are a lot of things you say, okay, if this guy gets comfortable shooting 25-footers, and he can put it on the deck that can go by you, and he can dunk on anybody, uh, and he's unselfish, and, I mean, he, he looks like the next big thing. I was going to ask you about Popovich and, and the coaching. I mean, he obviously has developed uh, two of the greatest big men of all time uh, during his career there with Tim Duncan and, and David Robinson. Kind of a, a great spot for Wembenyama to go. Was was Pop about ready to retire if they hadn't gotten the top pick and been able to take Wembenyama? I don't know. Hmm. He seems to enjoy his life so much. And, you know, we know people in media and watching on TV know him as the crotchety Greg Popovich. Hmm. Uh, and he can be that at any given moment. But people have played, people have played for him, uh, worked with him, say that he's like the greatest grandpa of all time. He used to bring <laughs> Tim Duncan carrot cake. He's, Duncan used to sleep a lot. And Popovich loves going to the best restaurants in every city he goes to and drinking great expensive wine. He'd always bring a little thing of carrot cake and leave it by Tim Duncan's door, hotel door on the road. He just, you know, uh, he is very very personable with people in that organization. He seems to love the life. He seems to love the travel. He loves the game. So, and, you know, and I'm sure the losing bothered him to a certain extent, but he never really let it show in that way. So I don't know. He might have stuck around anyway. Yeah. 
We, you know, we talked some about Mike Connolly in the trade uh, yesterday. Your column today was about that. Just give us a little uh, flavor of what your column is about today. Yeah, listen, Gobert is playing great right now. Mm. But even if he plays great, nobody's ever going to go back and say, oh, my God, they stole Gobert. They didn't <laughs> steal him. They traded a lot for him. Yep. They expected him to be good. The Connolly deal is it's absolute thievery. Tim Connolly needs to go to jail for like 10 to 20 years. Uh, <laughs> okay, you got, you got, he traded, and Utah's a smart organization. Hmm. But they're rebuilding, and they didn't think a 36-year-old point guard made a lot of sense. They felt like Nikhil Alexander-Walker was an extra player for them, which might all be true in their context. But look what the Wolves got. The Wolves got rid of D'Angelo Russell, and they would have given him away for nothing. Hmm. Uh, they wanted him out of the building. They get rid of a guy, the only guy in the roster who was really a pain in the butt and who really didn't want to play with Bill Bear. Hmm. They bring in Mike Connolly, the best person in the league at making Rudy Gobert look good. Yeah. Uh, that he's also uh, the veteran, as, as Finch called him in my column, big brother on a team that one of their flaws last year was immaturity. And here's like the most mature guy in the league. Uh, then they get Nikhil Alexander-Walker, two-ninths of their rotation that is five and 5-2 and on a five-game winning streak right now. They got in that deal. And Alexander-Walker was an excellent defender for them and player for them in the Denver series. He came up big, big in big moments. Uh, he can beat you. He can contribute by scoring, but he can also not score and be very valuable because of his defense, his passing, his unselfishness. Um, and then they got three second-round draft picks thrown in. It, it's it's an incredible deal for this franchise. Yeah, no doubt. So Wolves and San Antonio will have them tonight here on KWLM Vikings on Sunday. Justin Jefferson talked with you guys uh, yesterday, either before or after their practice. I'm not sure which, but uh, you know, to me it shows a lot of maturity that he really is going to wait and listen to the doctors and make sure he doesn't re-injure it. It's great to be a competitor. We know that. But if he comes back too early, gets hurt again, and he was kind of explaining that. But to me, it's more mature to wait that extra week rather than come back too early. Yeah, they can't risk losing him, and they can't treat him like he's just another player. Or, or Well, I mean, they need to be – I give them a credit. I think this organization right now is very humane when it comes to dealing with player injuries. Mm. Uh, it would be terrible for everybody if he went out there and re-injured himself. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, would they have a better chance of beating the Saints with Justin Jefferson? Yes. Would they have a better chance of beating the Saints with Justin Jefferson if he wasn't 100%? We don't know. What we do know is if is miraculously if this four-game winning streak without Justin Jefferson has been, it's not likely to continue once the schedule gets tougher again and they're playing for playoff spots and they hope be in the playoffs. So you need Justin Jefferson for then um, – so you just can't mess with a hamstring. We yeah. just know that. Yeah. Why are the Vikings underdogs in Vegas to the Saints at home this week? Uh, because they don't have a proven quarterback. The Saints are pretty good and very good defensively, and the Vikings are dealing with a lot of injuries. Hmm. Uh, but I also remind people, Vegas doesn't care who wins the games. Vegas doesn't yep. care who should really be favored. Vegas cares about setting a line that will encourage betting on both sides. Right. So they are dealing... Not they're, listen. They're very good at what they do, but they're not dealing with football reality as much as football perception. They think there are a lot of people out there who will bet against Josh Dobbs and a beat up Vikings team, and that's why they set the line that way. If Kirk Cousins was quarterbacking the Vikings, would they be favored? Yes, uh. I, would, I would guess if Kirk Cousins were the way he's playing this year, especially if Cousins were healthy, I think they'd probably be a six point favorite. What's be- yeah? That's, that's what a difference it makes to have that veteran QB. Uh, what's the best case scenario here for the Vikings and Dobbs that he just plays well and keeps the job the rest of the year? Yes, 
Uh, and, and it's interesting. I did a podcast with Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager, yesterday. And you know, Jeff's seen a million players come through the NFL. And I, I, I asked him what he thought of Dobbs, expecting him to say, oh, just another backup. Nice he had a, nice he had a good game. He really, you know, he, he was around uh, Dobbs when Dobbs was the Tennessee quarterback. He knows a lot about him. He's watched him play in different places. He really likes Dobbs. Mm-hmm. He thinks Dobbs has a chance to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, between the intelligence, the mobility, uh, the guts, uh, the adaptability, you know, he, he basically says, hey, don't hold his record against him. Because most of it was with a, a, a terrible and terribly run Arizona Cardinals franchise. So he's actually pretty optimistic about this. So Dobbs might be this year's case Canem. He might just be the right guy in the right place at the right time. Yeah, you know, it's it was a little refreshing to watch a guy who could escape the pocket and take off and run for key first down, sometimes yeah. on fourth down. That was kind of fun to see. And uh, isn't that what they were looking for, a guy who, well, I don't remember the play, I'm just going to take off and run and do it well. And didn't O'Connell, kind of, weren't they kind of looking for that? Yeah, I think they liked the idea. Now, if there had been a really good pocket passer out there uh, that they could have gotten for a reasonable price, they mm-hmm. might have gone that way. But the guy really, this is the perfect scenario for them. They got a guy who's been playing, who's in shape, who's seen a lot of offenses around the league, who's very smart, who's very adaptable. Uh, the fact that he's mobile is, to me, a bonus more than a cause of getting him. But, man, it just happened to pay off immediately. Yeah. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.